Hello, documentary appreciators, and welcome yourselves to the beginnings of our second year at The Documenteers. The Documenteers being, of course, the greatest documentary-themed podcast in the universe, hosted by me, Bob Sham, and a revolving cast of documentary enthusiasts. It's all good, non-wholesome fun. Thank you very much for listening. This episode starts the 2019 party off with our friend Akil. Our first full episodes in January were recorded months ago. It takes a lot of scheduling and pre-production to do a weekly podcast. And for this episode, Akil and I attended a one-time Nashville showing of the documentary Love Gilda by Lisa Dapolito months ago. Special thanks to Gilda's Club and the National Jewish Film Festival for making the public viewing of this documentary possible. We all know Gilda Radner, right? Original SNL cast member, uniquely funny, Roseanne Rosanna Dana, later married Gene Wilder. This doc is all about her life and its ups and downs. We get the name of it wrong several times, but let me just make it a point to say that Gilda's Club, Gilda's Club is a charity devoted to getting support for people in their fight against cancer. We have a chapter here in Nashville, and it's a really big deal that people who are dealing with cancer can find their voice, not alone, but with other people who know what they are going through. Hopefully there is one near you for anyone you know that might need some support through a difficult time. Next week on the podcast, Drew comes by. We get back into the 30 for 30 game as we discuss Bill Couture's film about the Maverick coach, Paul Westhead, who sped up the game of college basketball who also saw tragedy when one of his promising players suddenly passed away. We're talking about the Guru of Go, another one we bank pretty far back, and we begin to see an unfortunate subgenre within 30s of the major talent gone too soon trope. All due respect, of course, to the memory of Hank Gathers. I believe I've said this before now, but folks, please visit our website at documenteerspodcast.com for some episode updates, hopefully some fun articles, SoundCloud streams of our episodes, and information on how to find and support us and connect to us. Also, folks, you may or may not have heard our very first Shorties episode drop last Friday. The Documenteers will be hitting you with some short doc episodes every Friday. That's double the doc, double the love, snack-sized episodes to tide you over till early next week. These episodes will be loose and fun, we might drop special episodes in place of them from time to time, but it's the Documenteers guarantee that you will have two doses of Documenteers every week. Get addicted to us. I think I've talked enough. Don't forget to listen to my episode over at Uninformed Opinion Podcast, the singular version of that title. They have more fun episodes other than mine as well. Now to our documentary, Love Gilda by Lisa Dapolito. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film, A Thousand Feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Hi, I'm Gilda Radner. And, uh, <laughs> okay, now. Discovering more and more that impressions are not your no, they're <laughs> really not. Bag, <laughs> oh, they're gonna write about me. <laughs> was it you were doing before on our last episode? Yeah, well, I did Qu Quincy Jones. Yeah, yeah, it's all that. Man. It wasn't that very was, good. No, it was not. 
<laughs> and uh, Bill Clinton, you remember? I think that one's pretty good, though. You got the creepiness. You've got that right up front with the Bill Clinton. Won't you? You want to come hang out in my box for it? I made it. Akil, we just got back. This is a hot and ready. Yep. But this episode will not drop until like the first week of uh, January. We got to get in a 2019 frame of mind. Oh, I don't know if I can go there. Do you want to make... Early. Do you want to go ahead and make any predictions, predictions on what the status quo of everything is? I think that Democrats are going to lose the midterms. We're going to be sad all over again. Yeah. It's going to be a, are they gonna, an emotional repeat. Are they going to lose the House and the Senate? I don't think they'll lose both. You think they'll get one? I think they'll get one. That's my sad prediction for 2019. Yeah. Which technically, I guess, is a prediction for 2018. So that doesn't even really count. What's your happy prediction? My happy prediction? Uh... We're still alive. Yeah, we're still alive, and I'll be celebrating my 43rd birthday. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And going to Canada. Now, for the National Jewish Film Festival, they had a one-night-only screening of a documentary that premiered in other places last September. For the time being, it was only in Nashville for one night. Which was weird. Yeah, you figure that would... It's not like a low-profile documentary. It seems strange to me that... They would just do a one night thing. It's interesting, like how Bisbee 17 and L County, they were here for at least five days. Yeah. But we went and it was a special thing because they're representing the national Jewish community. Yes. Also, um, what's that? The Gilda's. The Gilda. Gilda's Club. Oh, shit. Gilda's Club. We for, we're forgetting everything. Yeah, we're not yeah. going to remember anything. Yeah. Gilda's Club. I, mean, I could look it up, but I'm just going to. Gilda's Club. It's a cancer support program. Right. Gilda's House. Gilda's Club. Gilda's, I think it is, is Gilda's it is? House, yeah. Okay. Gilda's Club. They're repping that. I guess there's one in Nashville. I didn't know. I, think. I did not know that either. Um, it's pretty cool. And then donors. We kind of felt like important people. It was strange seeing a movie. You know, we're used to going to see a movie. You go get your popcorn or whatever. There's trailers, commercials, all that stuff. There's not really a communal feeling to movies. I mean, if yeah. if a bunch of people are going to see like a Marvel movie the first night, I don't really consider that communal. I mean, that's no. just a big circle jerk in a yeah. dark room with a large screen. I like circle jerks. Which you're fine. Which, yeah, but it doesn't have the same feeling that this had. I can honest, also honestly say I've never been around that many Jewish people in my entire life at one time. Come on. Y'all don't have Jewish people in Nashville. And we say, oh, we got Jewish Yeah, people. we do. We fit them all into a theater. <laughs> Maybe that's the best idea to put all the Jewish in town <laughs> yeah. in one place and announce I hope it. there was some spread out <laughs> yeah. in case anything bad yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we need that representation yes, down do. here. Yes, we do. But we thank the National Jewish Film Festival because apparently... Because apparently... We probably wouldn't have gotten this movie if they hadn't shown it. Which, again, just seems strange to me. Like, it's yeah. not like... People oh. don't know who Gilda Radner is. I've noticed with these documentaries, like they'll premiere and then they'll kind of make their way after maybe a year or two. It could come back around like sometime next year. Who knows? Yeah. Just hard to say. Because that's what these independent movies do. They just kind of more travel than have. And it, it's a CNN movie, which I did not know until yes. the movie started. This marks our second CNN yeah. uh, produced documentary. And also uh, produced by Magnolia Pictures. This is our second one. Our first CNN doc was uh, Enlighten Us, which was about this dude, James Arthur Ray, who 
at some retreat and people died in a sweat lodge that he was leading because Yikes. he's a he's a wad but uh <laughs> spoiler alert on that one he's a wad but this one is about gilda now i'm a big gilda radner the animals the comedian the animals we all know gilda radner let's talk dirty to the animals very unique comedic personality absolutely fuck you as we were watching her, I kind of realized how she really is very influential to a lot of modern comedy. I mean, all those early SNL casts are, and it's just, you can kind of see Gilda in various comedic personalities that are around I, nowadays. I had kind of forgotten just how watching the movie, kind of, you start to appreciate more how all these people who became essentially like gods of comedy all sort of came up in the same circles together. Yeah. Right from the beginning, pretty much. From Chicago up to Canada yeah. and back and then New York. Yeah. And she grew up in Detroit from a pretty well-to-do family. Her dad owned, what was like it? A, apartment, apartment hotels. Apartment hotels or whatever. They spent half the year living in Miami. I guess that's where like dads in the process of divorce go and stay at. <laughs> apartment hotels. Those lonely single rooms. <laughs> Make sure there's a bar downstairs. Until you get back on your feet. That's right. Yeah. Just and the kind of place where no woman wants to come back to when you meet them in a bar somewhere. One of my favorite things up top about this movie was a lot of this old footage we got. We got a lot of stuff of behind the scenes stuff, parties surrounding SNL, but I love the stuff from when she was a kid. Yeah. And Gilda was a chubby little kid. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And her mom got a complex about her weight. Very common thing, particularly back then. They don't lean in too hard on this. The word eating disorder doesn't come up till like they're getting to the end of her SNL career. Right. Her complex with her size and self-esteem and weight, because she did have an eating disorder, stemmed from this. Because her mom like gave, fed her diet pills. We all know Gilda Radner as this tiny, skinny-ass person. Yeah. At one point, she was like 104 pounds. I kind of feel like the eating disorder didn't really get serious until she was on had been on snl for a few years they mentioned how as people started to leave the cast to go on and do movies and other stuff that they sort of leaned heavily on her as kind of the all-star on the team so it seemed like the pressure of that is really what kind of kicked that into high gear maybe she'd been kind of maintaining maybe it went to like another level yeah but i couldn't imagine that you know she wasn't slowly building up to that throughout her adolescence and up right and we'd see a very playful little girl, little chubby girl. She's very adorable, putting on a big show, being a big ham. This is Gilda Radner. Just right out of the gate from the beginning. She's just, there's a camera there and she's full on 100%. Gilda's style of comedy is like all about the mannerisms of funny and like just the being, the nature of being funny. I try to think of other comedians that make me think of her like, like a Will Ferrell, for example. He just has like a funny way about him. Yeah, just the way he carries himself. You don't always think of Will Ferrell as like Mr. One-Liner guy because he's not really like that. He's just a guy that makes everything funny. And Gilda Radner yeah. was like the pre-Will uh, Ferrell in that sense. She was like, he was their go-to guy in the mid to late 90s. And she was that once SNL got going in yeah, the mid-70s. I mean, she could pretty much make something out of nothing on the fly. And she stuck around for a little bit while other guys got like, got their hi-hats on and other castors or died like john belushi yes did. i gotta hand them their restraint for not talking about john belushi dying yeah i 
noticed i mean they they really focus on her yeah in this movie that's a whole other movie and that's been done so much no one really needs to hear the retelling of that story it was a welcome exclusion yeah. from the story and casting him as sort of the the father figure which yeah. is not something you commonly hear yeah about him at all it was very open to her apparently. yeah he's usually portrayed as sort of the man child of the group but to hear that they all looked up to him and him and his wife sort of took them under their wings like the entire cast yeah looked out and looked out for him and took care of him was pretty interesting there's a lot of talk about the early days of snl my era was just after dennis miller left weekend update and kevin nealon came in he had mike myers and dana carvey and swing swing chris rock and all those dudes yeah that was my era and from that point i kind of learned the history did you not grow up watching any of the eddie murphy joe piscopo See when Eddie Days. was when Eddie was on, I was like three or four. Okay, yeah. And when I start to turn like nine or ten, that's when I'm starting to really look at the shit. But Eddie Murphy in movies like Trading Places and uh, Forty Eight Hours and uh, what, Coming Pop. to America was yeah. my big Eddie Murphy movie. That's a good one. Harlem yeah. Nights, man. People hate on Harlem Nights, but I've never seen it. Uh, it's so good. Some amazes me how many people have never seen that movie before. There's a movie all star cast. There's pictures on the internet of. Uh, the Harlem Knights cast and crew playing the Ghost Dad cast and crew in softball. And they have... <laughs> R- Richard Pryor was in Harlem Knights for a moment, right? No, he's one of the main yeah, characters. He's, yeah, yeah, he's I'm, one of the... I'm pretty sure it was his last movie. Yeah, it's later. It was a lot of guys' last movie. Actually, Red Fox's last movie. I don't think it was Robin Harris's last movie, though. He died not too long after that. But it's, I mean, Della Reese, Arsenio Hall. It, I mean, it's just... Danny Aiello, it's it's just such a great movie. Danny Aiello. <laughs> you got to see it, man. Yeah, <laughs> Black folks love Harlem Nights. You mentioned this on the Quincy episode, I think. Oh, about the Wiz. Yeah, the yeah. Wiz, it brought up Harlem Nights. Yeah. But the, you see pictures of like Bill Cosby. I wonder what he's up to right now. <laughs> and Richard Pryor. <laughs> and they're wearing like Ghost Dad softball gear. Oh, wow, they went all in. Please, if anyone knows anybody or anything... Can get me a Ghost Dad softball cap. <laughs> oh, God, that would be so Please. amazing. Please. Get two. Please, get two. We could probably but, just have them made. Yeah, we use the font. Yeah. Is it okay to wear Cosby memorabilia right now? <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and order it and sit on it for a while. Wait like three years after he passes I, away. I think we should get a combo. You get Ghost Dad. I get Leonard Part 6. Okay, that sounds like a great yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Ghost Dad in the theaters. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Remember when he, <laughs> when he, that trooper peed through him? I'll have you reported for urinating on an accident victim. I don't remember anything about that movie <laughs> at all. I'm not even sure that I've actually seen Ghost Dad. Oh, Cosby, he'll... He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, we did skip the trope of going through John Belushi's death that we all know but we did get the trope of here's 70s New York. Here's a guy holding a boombox. Here's all the porn theaters in Times Square. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was like, we're going to get a Studio 54 scene. Oh, you knew it was coming. You know we're going to get they, one. I mean, the movie literally starts off with a disco song. Yeah. Like, I, I knew there was, like, we're probably about mm, 25 minutes in, we're going to get Studio That's 54. the only way you can show that you were famous in the mid to late 70s is if you're standing in Studio 54 and someone took your picture. I'm still very, very intrigued by that place, and I wish that I'd was old enough to have actually been able to go there. Was that one thing you could kind of go back in time and yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, if I got if I if I was get coked age up to your gills in the seventies, I'd be dead. 
go home. I would have been doing so many drugs more than likely. I mean, it just would have been. You'd just get like tweaked to your gills and you'd wake up and John Leguizamo, Amir Sorvino's <laughs> house. And they're like, you want to? And you could tell. Anyway, that's. I'm just recalling uh, scenes from Summer of Sam. Let's say Amir Sorvino and John Leguizamo. I don't think they were. Summer of Sam. Old and, I know I get the okay, reference okay. now, but at first I was thinking of the actual people at Studio 54. Oh, right. <laughs> so I don't think that they would have been able to get in there. Yeah, John Leguizamo was probably like 14 or something <laughs> at the time. Summer of Sam, it's a Spike Lee joint. It's got to be the shoes. You ever smoke a Spike Lee joint? <laughs> And then watch the Knicks game. He had to roll a very special joint and call it a Spike Lee joint. And there's got to be a Knicks game on. <laughs> this is something that we'll do. We should do that. I can't remember the last we'll time I watched a Knicks out. game. <laughs> it's been since the 90s, I think. ESPN shows Knicks games randomly a lot. For some reason, it's Just like... old Knicks games? I wish, actually. That would be amazing. Watch some Charles Oakley. Hell yeah. And some uh, John Starks getting all pissed. We didn't win again. Damn it! <laughs> So close. <laughs> Sick burn, Drew. Oh, Knicks fan. Sorry, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. What are we talking about again? Uh, a little lady named Gilda. Oh, this movie's called Love Gilda. I should yeah. look up the director's name, too. We obviously came into this recording well prepared. There's no notes. We, we This is off the cuff fresh. We have come right after the interview. We're actually recording or, in the theater right now. <laughs> they, I mean... I said interview, but yes, it's a film that we went to see. <laughs> We're in the lobby of the Bell Court. This was directed by Lisa Dapolito. Dapolito. Love Gilda by director Lisa Dapolito. Dapolito. Hot and fresh, but by the time you hear this episode, it'll come out just late last year. Remember? I mean, technically, it came out you know over a month ago, Shh. but you know, <laughs> just now making its way three to or four months Nashville, ago. But you know, by the time you're hearing this, the national the National Jewish Film Festival is over. Exactly. Uh, you'll just have to wait for 19. We watched some people read off of index cards. Some better than others. Some better than others. <laughs> Not going to name names <laughs> because we don't know them. Because we don't know them. <laughs> but you know who you are. But we skipped the trailers, went straight into the movie after they were talking. Yeah. And that's good because we go to the theater a lot. I've seen all these trailers. <laughs> it was the vibe in that audience was really unique because... Full, sold out. Full, it was full, sold out. The majority of the people that were there were had some connection to the Gilda House. Gilda's Club. A lot of people there were either, I would imagine, cancer, cancer survivors or family or loved ones of people who have cancer or had cancer. So it was just a different feel in the room. And I, it sort of changed how I probably would have reacted to some yeah. of the stuff. Like I felt the emotional intensity a little bit more just because it was coming at me from all directions. Like you could feel it. There were people certain scenes. born under the cancer star sign that were probably in attendance. Yeah. And that probably is a big deal too. I thought someone behind <laughs> 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 I thought someone behind us might have been crying, but maybe I think he was just old, old. Okay, or I'm, I'm a going, lot of sniffling. I'm worried I'm going to get like that someday. I think it's inevitable. Person may have fallen asleep. Oh. I, I, I heard a lady behind us at a certain point when he got really loud say, "I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ancient." <laughs> no, he seemed like a nice guy. I didn't actually look at him or anything. I didn't either. It could have been a lady for all we know. Maybe, yeah. Probably. A guy, We're just though. being like sexist as uh, fuck. God damn it. The patriarchy. God. It's going out again. Why is it either gender? Why can't it be z uh, Zer? <laughs> Probably a Zer. 
or a Zim. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to make fun of that shit. I'm just trying to figure it out like everyone else. I don't want to hate on I don't hate on anything. No. Well, except people who hate on. And yeah, hate, hate, hate. That's a profound thing to say. Yeah, double hate. My only thing I hate is hate. But I feel like I'm just now, I've just recently approached that age where I feel like I understand very little what's going on. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just like, I feel like I was pretty with it for a long time and I'm starting to be like, I don't know why that YouTube, that guy on a YouTube video is funny to people. Oh, I haven't been with it for (laughs) quite some time now. Well, you're my dad's age. (laughs) No, you're 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 like five years older than me yeah you're five years yeah and you you definitely uh there's a certain point where you just stop giving a shit about things that you used to give a shit about like what's the new music at a certain point i just stopped caring i feel like i'm kind of up on a lot of that yeah you're much better about that than i am there are things that i still stay up on shout out to travis scott uh fan of the show stop trying to be god almighty Fuck the money, never leave your people behind you. Travis. Yeah. Yeah, shout out, man. Rest in peace, screw tonight, we take it slow. Oh my God, I just can feel it Young thug. Shout out to Young Thug, huge fan. Carly Ray Jepsen. Oh, you know she listened. In your She's a docolo. I feel like she posted something. Yeah, comment. she should. Yeah. Get on that, Carly. Come on, Carly. Hashtag get Carly to promote documenteers. That would be amazing. I'm just gonna, I should just start throwing out random names. Debbie Gibson. Yeah, I would th- love if you would listen to this podcast if you didn't know a kill was 43 there's a debbie gibson reference for you 42 my friend 42 Not 43 yet january when, when do you turn uh 43 january 1 3 wait a minute i think that is i think that's my mother's birthday you guys should party together i feel like there's somebody at work that has my birthday too okay we've gotten off the rails this, that's cool yet again no this is great <laughs> i'm into this shit gilda grows up in detroit back when detroit was still an awesome city yeah it's been so long now that detroit has had troubles that we forget it was a place that people were going yeah a booming metropolis of industry but her family's got money so they'd go up and down from miami to detroit eventually she'd go to all girls school where she kind of learned to thrive she was a chubby kid like we said and then she was a teenager and she kind of got hot yeah she did and then she went uh off to college she was kind of a player like she 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 go to college she worked in like a local comedy troupe in detroit and then went up to toronto with a canadian sculptor dude as we are all want to do at some point in our lives starts working at a theater there and then gets hooked up with uh some skit group where she meets martin short martin short marty i'm a i love I martin love short me some martin short even movies where he's got a lot of movies that aren't very good but even the movies that aren't very good the martin short scenes are good yeah 
she bells on Sculptor Boy at some point. Gilda got a lot of play. She went out, she got hers, and she got it over and over and yes, over. Yes, she did. Gilda wanted that dick. <laughs> so I don't, was it really? Gilda, the, please. They never really got into, I mean, was, was she the usually the one ending things? Is that how they, for most of them, came about? Maybe just a mixture? Because I got the sense that they say in the documentary, I can't remember who says it, but someone mentions that she was fairly needy. Yeah. And that the guys that she chose, she tended to pick guys who weren't really into that. She seemed to be attracted to quiet guys, but they didn't want that neediness. And I think the sculptor guy, they talked about that sculptor dude, him not liking her being funny. Which yeah, is, he sounded kind of like a tool. Which is weird. It's like, oh, well, then... You got to go. Yeah. I assume it all went 50-50. I'm sure there were plenty of times because she was so young and free-spirited and so ambitious that I'm sure there was plenty of times where she's just like, look, you got to go by. I'm going. I mean, it's like you did know she was funny when you started dating her. Right, right. right. How could you not know that? (laughs) look, I like laughing on a first date, but when we're moving in together, I don't want to fucking laugh once. Maybe a chuckle from time to time. If. A snicker. Maybe. But- this laughter bullshit, that, that shit's got to go. Did you fucking smile at me? Whoa, I'm sorry. Did you fucking smile at me? There's some styles in this movie. Gilda wrote a journal. At first, when I was watching like journal entries showing up on the screen, I was like, who writes? Who sits down and writes a journal? But I can actually picture Gilda with her personality doing something like some that. Some people are just kind of driven to do that. I'm, I'm not one of those people. But this is one of those movies that's like, these are excerpts of a diary showed up on screen in her handwriting. And so many audio recordings that she made, like yeah. audio journals as well. I guess from her autobiography, like an audio book, I assume. Is that what that was from? I'm not sure. But I mean, the book was written before, obviously before she passed away. Yeah. So I guess she would have, she could have had time to do recordings. I would like to read that book. Also, we see other like later SNL cast members. Uh, we see uh, Amy Poehler, Poehler. Melissa McCarthy, who's not technically an SNL cast member, but but, but she's kind of like Steve Martin now, like she yeah, might as well yeah. be. Yeah, uh, Maya Rudolph, love Maya Rudolph. Cecily Strong, I think she's on the current cast. Yeah, I'm suddenly forgetting the dude's name. Oh, he's Bill actually Hader. yeah, Bill Hader, one of my you, favorites. I don't know why I forgot him because I love he's that great. guy. Yeah, and, uh, and then you've got some old school people in there. You've got Chevy Chase, Lauren Michaels shows up. Chevy Chase is he's such a weird interview nowadays. Yeah. Not as weird as uh, Bill Murray, but... <laughs> yeah, well, Bill probably won't show up. He probably just didn't show up. I'm sure I'm he was sure asked. he didn't. But we do talk to also Martin Short. He's one of the funnier testimonies because he's Martin Short. <laughs> he's, he's always great. funny. He's and a he great just, storyteller. And he describes how he and Gilda are, are uh, auditioning in Toronto for, for some Second City thing, I guess. No? No, not Second City yet. Whatever it was called. Yeah, whatever. Some some comedy troupe. And, and she does like a, she goes up and she sings zippity doo And he's like, oh God, this is awful. I'm so <laughs> embarrassed. And she ends up like getting the job. They're like, I love her. Yeah, there she's great. And then he came on too. And then he was like, oh, I better change what I'm doing because I thought that was ridiculous. And, and they started dating, which I, I never knew that they Gilda Radner hooked up with most of your favorite 70s. <laughs> An 80s comedian. I love the line that someone says how she hated watching Ghostbusters. Because <laughs> every, every guy in the movie was someone she had dated. Except, except Rick, Rick Moranis. <laughs> we were the only ones that reacted to that. <laughs> this is a full theater. We can feel like people are laughing when they're supposed to be laughing. And when she says how she dated everyone in Ghostbusters, except 
Rick Moranis. <laughs> you and I went. <laughs> it just it was just so pointed. Like uh, she did not date well, Rick in, Moranis. But in my head, I was thinking they were about to say Ernie Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I guess she dated Ernie yeah, Hudson. Maybe. Then. Yeah. Just left the brother out. I Typical. <laughs> I heard her and Slimer had a weekend. <laughs> so Gilda, she's getting that dick. Gilda, please. That dick, the dick, dick, dick. Good, Good. 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 Good for her. And good for her, man. Yeah. Get out there, crush it. Hell yeah. Got to get your sister. Do you. (laughs) (laughs) We're 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 in a state right now. So Gilda, she's working hard on SNL for years. She's the go-to. And she starts to fade back. She starts to go out. Oh, and she fucking randomly marries G.E. Smith. G.E. Smith would lead the SNL band, I think. Eventually. Eventually. At that point, he, I think because they, they met when he was playing for, with her show. And in the era in which I got into SNL, he was oh, the band leader. Yeah. G.E. Smith, the Saturday Night Live and band. At a certain point, I remember him playing with Hall & Oates. Yeah. And I think he played uh, the Republican National Convention uh, in 2016. Really? Yeah. Not even kidding. G.E. Smith, you just went down a number of notches for me. Uh, I mean, I never really thought about G.E. Smith, but... Yeah, right. I, I was shocked. I never knew... I never, never knew his name yeah. until with the documentary. Oh, that's what that guy's name is. I remembered him. I never knew that he married Gilda Radner. They talked about how they were very opposite. But after she gets around, she stars in some movies with uh, Willy Wonka himself, Mr. Gene Wilder. You, have you seen any of those movies? Gene Wilder? The Gilda Radner, Gene Wilder movies? No, I mean, I've seen a ton of Gene Wilder movies, but I've yeah. never seen. Well, except Haunted Mansion. I've seen that one. I, Not uh, Haunted Mansion. What's it called? The, the Haunted Honeymoon. Haunted Honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. Is it, what, did you, what is that good? I don't know. I don't, no, it's, I mean, I remember it fondly as a kid because oh, okay. it's one of those kind of movies. When you you're a kid when you're in the, in and you're 80s. watching things, you're like, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. I mean, it's, it's by all normal standards it's it's not a good movie as much as i love gene wilder the 80s gene wilder i'm lost i know there's a see no evil hear no evil with richard Pryor. that was the last one they did together that might be the one movie, 80s gene wilder i really know that's a, not a good i mean when you compare yeah. it to silver streak and busting loose it's not a very good movie now who was in pure luck that was martin short and gene wasn't gene wilder in that i don't think i remember that one or was that charles groden charles groden and martin short did clifford this is just what this episode is, though. <laughs> they did Clifford. Did they do any more movies together? It was in pure luck. I've never even heard of that movie before. Danny Glover and Martin Short, 1991, pure luck. The infamous bee sting scene. Oh, I remember that. Where Martin Short just starts swelling up. Yeah. Remember the movie he did with uh, Nick Nolte, where they play bank robbers and, some, and somehow end up with a little girl? <laughs> what? Um, no. They're like lovable bank robbers. I got a who are on the run. I have to seek this. I mean, I'm down to watch really anything Martin Short is in. Is Mr. Magoo's Magic Emporium? Is that him? I think so. I think he's in one of the uh, Santa Claus movies as uh, Jack, Jack Frost. Frost. Yeah, which I'll let the kids have that one. You it's know. it's a bad movie, but I still enjoy. But Martin Short's great. Right? Yeah. I think that's the moral of this episode. Martin Short is great. Martin Short's great. Yeah. And you should always take the time. If if you're home flipping channels, you see Martin Short on the screen, just stop what you're doing. I would just say watch it to the end. I would say he's an American treasure, but he's Canadian. Yeah. 
And you know, I don't know if you know this and about it's me, our loss. but I love Canada. Like I, I'm a, I've been a fan of Canada for a long time, which I know sounds weird. It's like saying I'm, I'm a fan of America. I mean, I guess people are. Around the time when I was getting into SNL, I also, we got cable came out to our little country road and we got it because it's boring out there. And early Comedy Central had kids in the hall episodes. Uh, They're all the Canadian comedy know, troupe, man. produced by Lauren Michaels. Yep. I thought Canada must have been the funniest fucking place on the planet, just based on that. I mean, we got Mike Myers. We got Jason Priestley from Canada. Didn't know that. Neil Young. I didn't know that. Yeah. Richard Dean Anderson, Canada. Whoa. Fucking MacGyver. Wow. Yeah. Straight up Canadian. Nardwar, oh, the human serviette. Do, 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 do. I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Degrassi Jr. All things Degrassi. Like, that was my introduction to the Canadian culture. How far back does Degrassi go? I was, like, in the fifth grade, so 87 or so is when the show started. The original. I'm, I'm OG Degrassi. Degrassi oh, yeah. Jr. High and Degrassi High. I did watch Degrassi The Next Generation for about nine seasons before I had to let that go. Dude, I can sit here and fucking talk about Degrassi yeah. all night. This episode is just going to be what it is. <laughs> the Canada connection, baby. My dog will probably do it for Louis Bell. So Gilda connects with Willy Wonka's boner, and she loves him. Everlasting gobstopper. Sorry, GE. Go uh, go pluck it on another stage, because this stage is taken by Gene fucking Wilder. And he's like a Mr. Sophisticate. He's a humorous actor, but he's not really a comedian. And he likes French things, and he likes tennis. Yeah. And- and she kind of so plays that up uh, she for him. But it seemed like they really had a genuine love for each other. I always got the sense that, because I remember, I mean, I have long memories of them being married. And they always came across as like, they were like this love story, this magic love story of these two incredibly talented people. Yeah. Who really genuinely loved one another and had a strong affection for one another. It seemed like he grounded her. While also without having to totally stamp out who she was. Yeah. But she also had a severe depression and she felt like something was wrong. And sure enough, she gets a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And at this point, this is when the movie just starts to get really sad. Get a lot of excerpts from her diary that are just very heartbreaking yeah. the way she's dealing with it. But uh, but somewhere in that process of fighting the cancer, she kind of gets her groove back. Her yeah, she kind of finds back. her funny again. Yeah, and she's she's very much a family-oriented person with uh, Jean's extended family, but she's actually legitimately funny again. Yeah, the dichotomy of that. I mean, you know, good comedy comes from tragedy. Yeah. And that was her way to sort of the light in that tunnel that sort of kept her going, keeping the people, the other people, patients, keeping them laughing. Um, so yeah, that was, I mean, that's kind of the point, I think, of... She would be making the nurses laugh. Like calling into the microphone. Yeah, like, I mean, and that I mean, in essence, that's I guess nurse. based on what they were. They, I can't remember the names of any of these people, but when they were talking about the Radner House, Gilda's Club, or whatever it's called, the Gilda House, Gilda's Club, I feel like it all sort of came from that, from her experiences of trying to lift people up, which helped lift herself up when she was having to deal with so much of this shit. I think it's pretty cool. She would put out a memoir. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. This is not a note. It, this is an in theaters episode. <laughs> That you're going to listen to like two months after we've done it. <laughs> but Gilda, unfortunately, would pass away. 
I didn't realize that she had actually gone into remission for a period of time yeah. before the cancer came back. I think all my knowledge of Gilda is really around the SNL days. Yeah. Oh, Chevy Chase. I want to talk about Chevy Chase and his weirdness because he references how he and Bill Murray didn't get along too well. And he and he referenced Bill Murray as if he was like his kid brother. Yeah. Like jealous of him. Now, Chevy, he's got a legendary ego. A legendary asshole, too. That man is not afraid of being an asshole. That, that personality... There's a time when he was very young, and he was a good-looking dude. He's a funny physical comedian as well. I don't know if his personality is aging very well into his elderliness. Yeah, he's—he's. He's, I mean, well, he, I don't think he has the the charm anymore. Yeah, to the pull ch- off being the asshole like he could back in the day. That's a—that's a good point. I think it's the charm's a little less yeah. now. He used to be one of my favorites. That being said, thought it was great on uh, Community. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He left that show like all pissed and stuff of course he did because Chevy chase he was complaining that they made him like too like dark or like too jerky but he but he well, kind of was a jerk kind of writing the type i think <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and that's the sad story of uh gilda radner in this film love gilda by lisa diapolito if you get a chance to check it out i mean just because we're talking about it maybe you should if you, yeah if you like gilda radner I think you're definitely going to love this movie. Or if you just like SNL or comedy in general. Yeah. Yeah. It, it intrigued me just because I love the classic SNL shit. Yeah. And we see plenty of like old bits and stuff. And we're, audience is laughing. We're all laughing. Everyone's remembering all that stuff. Whether now, you watched it as it actually, yeah. It was the audience tend, tend to get skewed a little older. Yeah. So a lot of the people around us actually, I remember the lady sitting next to me said, oh God, I remember this one. Like, so these are people who actually were of age yeah. as Saturday night as it was initially called right the airwaves but a kill we don't rate in a star rating system gilda radner may have been considered a star but on this show she's considered a tv herzog or bear with me on this all right what if we did a jewish star rating like she's a star of david yes look <laughs> side talk turn the mics off okay the Herzog rating scale must. We need to, if we can figure out how to combine Judaism and Herzog, because stars of kill make me want to vomit in all forms. <laughs> they make me projectile diarrhea. <laughs> make me want to go out and punch a cop. I swear to God, stars make must, me want to. must be it. nice to have that fantasy. You've never, you, you don't think you can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's come out the other end, okay? Let's <laughs> both of us go punch cops, see who gets yeah, goes yeah, to jail yeah. first. I'll go to jail and you'll, you'll be you'll, shot probably. Yeah, 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 that's how that's gonna go down. I'll be like like a perfect drunk white girl at a bachelorette party, <laughs> of which Nashville has plenty of those. So many. Every time the party bus drives by, when I'm by I the don't stadium, fucking shoot myself when that thing drives by, man. I, I from now I've made it a goal that from now on I'm gonna give the finger to the party bus and and scream, get the fuck out of Nashville because no one comes to Nashville expecting to be flipped off and the locals tell you to get the fuck out that's true because that's not the reputation the nashville has but i mean that's the next i mean if we're serious about this you know becoming a, a big a major city that's the next step it is, is a major becoming city. assholes yeah to people who aren't from here we're legitimately getting there because our infrastructure our population is well beyond our infrastructure yeah. <laughs> you can't get anywhere in the in town in 10 minutes anymore. stop moving here but i feel you I, I hear your star of David. I knew you were going to shoot it down. I just wanted to toss that in anecdotally. There's still stars. I understand. No offense to the Jewish faith. No offense. 
I want to make little tiny dreidels with Werner Herzog's face. I am. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. I'm going to give this one through five Herzogs. We'll combine them for best out of 10 Herzogs. Akil, what'd you think of this film? Love Gilda by Lisa Gapolito. I think that's how you pronounce that. I'll take your word for it. Um, I enjoyed it as someone who both, like a lot of people, grew up uh, watching SNL, though it was not this original cast. My initial cast was sort of the Eddie Murphy cast bleeding into the cast that came after. Vivid memories of Mike Myers and all those guys. At some point in your life, you still manage to see those sketches, whether it's just in reruns or we've all seen them. Yeah. Um, and they're still great to watch. And I'm, I'm always, anytime there's something done about any of those original cast members, I'm always on board to watch any sort of documentary that's done about them. Um, this was, I mean, this was a love letter to Gilda. Obviously, the movie's called Love Gilda. And I think that it did what it wanted to do, which was bring attention to this, for all intents and purposes, was just a kind of a beautiful light in the world uh, in the short time that she was here. And I don't think that she's ever really gotten the attention that the other cast members have. Um, just by nature, I think really of just being a woman, even though she was arguably the most popular person on the show at that time, hmm. definitely outlasted the others because they all went on to sort of kick off their movie careers. She sort of remained behind, kind of got the sense that that was done just because she didn't really know what the next step in her life was going to be. Yeah. She it was had, kind of a safe place. Like depression issues yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and of course, you know, I'm, I was... I was appreciative that they didn't, there's a tendency a lot of times in these kind of movies, particularly when you're talking about comedic people, to really go into like this dark place of, you know, the comedy being a reaction to all the horrible things that happened to them and the depression. And they do spend some time on that, but ultimately she had, well, I could tell a pretty great childhood beyond the, the usual damage your, your mother does to you. One part real quick that did annoy me was when she'd, was I'd left Saturday Night Live, was thinking about what she wanted to do. And there was like a diary entry where it was like, maybe I'll go just be a shoe salesman and make people laugh. I could have fun doing that. Yeah. It's like, Gilly, you know, that doesn't pay any. That's not, that doesn't pay well. <laughs> She's got SNL dollars, She's, baby. She doesn't think about things in turn. It's different. She's just coming from it from a different place. Yeah. And I don't mean to dissuade her depression or anything. No, no, not at all. I mean, regardless, because everyone, you know, people, regardless of how much money you have depression does not care whether you are well off true or you know you're in the shitter i think a lot of times the difference is when imagine having depression and but not the finances well that's the thing is a lot of times when you when that is the case which it is a lot you don't have the luxury of dwelling on your depression because you gotta fucking keep moving you gotta feed your kids you gotta keep the lights on you got you know so i get three free sessions with a psychiatrist on my insurance i think i do too actually after that i'm on my own oh, baby <laughs> maybe it'll roll over the next year i can get three more i don't know three good talks a year yeah that's you what get, i get you better talk hard <laughs> just start crying when you walk in <laughs> I have a list of things I want to talk about. Let's stay on topic. <laughs> my relationship with my father, he was never there. Okay, we spent enough time on that. How much time we got left in this hour? But anyway, uh, but getting back, um, it was great. I, I mean, it made me feel good. Again, being in that room with those people who had a legitimate emotional stake in the story that was being told just because of their connection to 
the organization itself. Gilda's Club. Uh, that features prominently, uh, particularly at the film festival uh, that we attended. It had a, a different emotional impact on me than I think if I had just watched the streaming at home. I don't know if I would have felt the same way, but just feeling that energy in the room, um, I got a little, a little emotional, you know, which I don't typically do for movies like this. Um, cause you know how it's going to end. So it's not like it's a big shocker when the person dies at the end. Uh, I thought it was beautifully shot. Uh, really enjoyed all of, like you said, the, all that footage. So glad that so many people during that time period always carried around eight millimeter cameras with them wherever they freaking went. So many home movies, which are always great to see. Uh, of course now people won't fucking put their camera down. Now there's too many home movies. Yeah. Um, but just being able to see that childhood, she was such a bubbly personality even back then. I enjoyed it. It wasn't too long, which is always a good thing to me. They they hit the points they wanted to hit. They didn't dwell on stuff. I, I do feel like they could have spent a little more time on the eating disorder portion of the movie. Uh, but beyond that, I really liked it. I really did. I enjoyed it. It made me want to learn a little bit more about Gilda. It, made, it definitely made me want to go back and watch those old SNL episodes that I haven't seen in a really long time. And I want to read that biography. And I miss Gene Wilder. He was great. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm I'm gonna give it out of five Herzogs. I'm gonna give it a respectable uh, three and a half. Seems to be kind of my go-to. I hate that that's the case, but I feel like three and a half, unless you're really wowing me. But I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable way to spend an evening with my friend Aww. Bobby. Aww. With all of the Jewish senior citizens of so Nashville. many so many Jews. It was it was wonderful. <laughs> I kind of wanted to stay just because, again, I've never been around that many Jewish people before. I just want to. <laughs> seriously, I don't mean that. You want to pick their of, Jewish brain? I just wanted to work the room and like talk to people because, <laughs> I mean, I just for whatever reason we don't run in the same circles a lot of times. You could have been all their one black friends. We they, were, I let's I, go back. Just add that on to the many people where I'm the their only black friend. They might still be lingering by the theater if we just head now so you give this a 3.5 is that what you that what you decided yeah, yeah. On? i'm gonna go three and a half i like the old snl stuff love the stuff when she was a kid i felt like they could have leaned in more it seems obvious what her issues were even though they didn't explain it too much so maybe i'm wrong in thinking that it needed to be explained because it seemed to be pretty well understood i expected a lot of talking heads there maybe wasn't as much as I thought there was going to be, but we did get like a lot of the talking head shots and they only were around like maybe the first half of the movie and then you didn't see them again. That didn't seem to resolve itself. And while it is kind of cool to see them like admiring Gilda, I don't know if that was very necessary all that much. And maybe you can, maybe others might disagree. I mean, it's not that I'm not a fan of those people. I love Bill Hader and Amy Poehler and, Maya Rudolph, those are, they're great. I just. Oh, so you're referring specifically to the people who never actually met Gilda Rat. Yeah, yeah. Just sort of like the people carrying the torch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I told, I get that as well. I actually, I felt that. I was thinking that in my head watching it. Like, I mean, but they, yeah, but they didn't work with her. And like, at the end, they don't show up again. So I thought maybe there'd be some full circle emotional resolve where we get some touching scenes of them, maybe even reading some of the excerpts from the end of Gilda's life. But I don't know what they had or what they didn't have. As much as I do love those people that have paid off that much. A lot of this movie, it was pretty interesting how the diary entries, it really, because you only know the surface of Gilda is like the goofiness. That's what I knew. And to know that there was such darkness inside of her, I didn't really know that. But as far as like, I could have used a lot less footage of journal entries. 
I feel like that went on a bit much for me. There were things that I thought were really good, and there's I felt like I was going back and forth a lot. And I never thought it was complete shit or anything. But I didn't think I was like, whoa, this is blowing my, my lid. I kept reading. I kept trying to read. Things that they weren't talking the about. That they weren't focusing on. I was trying to guess what they were going to read. <laughs> and I was always wrong. But overall, I feel like now in the documenteer's rating level for one person, technically a 2.5 is a it's considered down the middle. But I consider a three to be a good average on the docu scale. And once you go under three, you're getting into like C minus to D's and F's territory. I think this is, I think it's a, it's a, it's a Herzog average for me. I'm going to give it just a straight three. So you take your 3.5, you take my three, that's 6.5 out of 10 Herzogs. That seems very right to me. And yeah, it's not, I mean, for a fairly short CNN co-produced documentary. But you did make a point cool. about the environment of the theater. It was a, a very enjoyable watching it there. So I probably enjoyed it slightly more because of that than my grade. But I did enjoy that experience quite a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're able to be more objective. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm, I, I'm very much influenced by a lot of times by the people that are around me when I'm sure. experiencing something. And I liked it too. But there's plenty of other movies we've done on documentaries where I'm all emotion. <laughs> and I think about it later. It's like, wow, I really, I really went down on that one. <laughs> But that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. We're just having fun talking about documentaries because we love documentaries. Exactly. Went barely over an hour. Hey, look at us. Unless I edit it down under an hour, then I'll cut this part out. Look at us, man. We did it. This is actually really good for us. Yeah, it is. I'm so proud. 6.5 out of 10 Herzogs for Lisa Diapolito's Love Gilda. The story of Gilda Radner. If you're a huge Gilda fan, you're going to love it. And if you have or know people that have suffered from cancer, yeah. there's something to get out of this. If you're Jewish. I don't don't let my rating, my average rating, downplay this part of the struggle. There is probably something here that a lot of people can get a lot more out of than I could. So if you're curious about it at all, I would recommend going to watch it. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Or if you're Jewish. And by the point you hear this, you'll probably be able to rent it on Amazon Prime. You actually can right now for $7. Really? Yeah. But we like going to the theater. We do like going to the theater. Because we're fancy. Yeah. We meet our Jewish friends. I got Jewish friends now. All right. <laughs> None are under 50. <laughs> All right, folks. Mazel tov. L'chaim. And keep on docking. Did you just have a stroke in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> You can't doesn't show up on the podcast and make a weird yeah. Gilda Radner like faces. So his physical impressions are equally as bad. <laughs> well, I don't look like Gilda Radner. Oh wow. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the faces. Describe it. That's my Gilda Radner. I don't, impression. Even, I don't even know how to describe that. It's like he either had a stroke. <laughs> what are you doing? Who knows? No, they don't know. Get your hand out of your pants. <laughs> no! Honey, touch me With my clothes on, sweetie Baby, longer than you do Honey, kiss me With your mouth closed Just like you love